You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we cover the last seven to ten days in the world of Apple news, reviews, rumors, roundup, gossip, tech, and, well, basically... Anything else that catches our eye, this is the Essential Apple Podcast. Yes, we're back for another week, two weeks on the bounce, where we haven't missed a week and hopefully I'll try and get this one out before Wednesday so we're actually relevant in the world. But I like to think that we have a more well-rounded view by being late to the party. Because this week I'm a little bit knackered because, as I said last week, I did the car 10. I don't want to keep banging on about the fact that I cycled 107 miles in a day. I thought I'd draft someone in who who can fill a gap where he doesn't necessarily need feed uh, feeding? Feeling? Filling. <laughs> That's the word. And saves me no end of time of editing. It's none other than one of the guys. I think it's Gaz. No, Guy. From the (laughs) My Mac show. (laughs) How are you doing, Guy? What's been happening in your world of Apple this week? Anything exciting? Oh, yeah. Actually, I was talking to Simon earlier today. And we kind of worked through. If you remember the last time I was on, we could not get soundboard to work with wire. I mean, we just had all kinds of issues with it. And, um, I did a, a video showing how I use audio hijack pro and Loopback for the, 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 my Mac podcast. And you know, it, that same kind of thing didn't work with wire for whatever reason. Well, we, we got it figured out and now it's working and everyone is shiny. Have you managed to get people to move over to wire from Skype? Has there been any resistance where people say, oh, but this is the way we've always done it, and we've always used Skype, and da-da-da-da-da? No, not not really. Um, I mean, Gaz and I are still using Skype. I think mostly just because that's what we're, you know, like you said, what we're used to using. Uh, but I don't have any problem, any problems with wire. You know, wire is fine. I, I Like I say, I like wire. It just seems to be less heavy on a ADSL connection. Although with the power of a new router that Simon kindly sent me, I have 1.2. Now is it megabits or megabytes? Oh, I don't know. They keep changing these acronyms of damn kids on the well, Let's put it this way. You're getting, you're getting 18 megabits per second down now, aren't you, Mark? Rather yes. than about two and a half. Yeah. I can yeah, actually that's, do that's things. So like... I suspect you're probably getting about 1.2 to 1.8 up. Yeah, and it that makes Whereas a hell of a difference. You were, well, when, it does when you were only getting about 48k. <laughs> yeah, and it makes a big difference because when you're working on, uh, let's say, Pixelmator, and every time you create a new document, whoop, there it goes. It starts uploading to the cloud. You really, really appreciate it. And I've actually been able to do work uh, this week. I haven't made a transition this week from words to pages, but I might give that a go. And as you can hear there in the background, well, not in the background, but my fellow co-host with me this week is Simon. How has your Apple week been? Any news or what's been happening in your world? Uh, well, I had uh, a phone call from Guy. <laughs> oh, sorry <laughs> to hear that. And with, yeah, I know. Yeah, we've, been, um, we've been uh, playing around, obviously, with the audio hijack and loop back and wire and soundboards and just 
generally having fun. Um, as well as that, I found a rather nice... Uh, somebody sent me a link, I'm not quite sure who, for uh, a product called Vanilla, which is uh, a bit like Bartender in that it allows you to control all those little menu items on the right-hand side of your screen, which tend to multiply. Um, and that's uh, that's a handy little thing, and it only costs £3.20 if you want the pro version. Um, it doesn't do as much as Bartender, but it's not as much money either. So that's probably my obsession this week. I haven't really gone into anything like that. I've, I've been using, um, oh, what's it called? File pane. Just because it's when you drag, basically with file pane, you click on an icon on the desktop or in Finder. And when you start moving it, the little drop target appears. So you drop your file or files into that. And then depending on what files or files you've dropped, you can email them. You can set it as a desktop picture, create a zip file, put it into an image editor, share it, convert it, trash it, duplicate it, uh, or any other sort of actions you want to put into there. So, yeah, we've kind of gone to the end of the show already. Right, thank you very much for joining us, guys. We'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, tune in. <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it's, you will be pleased because you know what we were talking about in the giant floating robots. Oh, yes. This made me oh, very yes. happy. And what did you say? Somebody make this a stream. Well, yes. The Chinese want in on the game, and they've got a megabot described uh, called Monkey King, apparently, and they want to join the Rumble. And both the Japanese and the Americans have said that they are going to stream the fight in August on their YouTube. So here we go. Sudo Bashi and Megabots will both be streaming the fight on their respective YouTube channels. Who do you think will win? Uh, in the words of Godzilla, Professor Serizawa, let them fight. <laughs> so there we go. What a great! I'm looking forward to that. I really hope it's not going to be like some weird marionette sort of thing where these robots slowly, slowly, slowly move their arm up and then slowly, slowly, slowly swivel uh, and then fire. I hope, <laughs> that, I hope there's a little bit of uh, pace to this. Well, now, how, how big well, are these robots? Uh, 16 foot. Oh, yeah, that'll work. You know, come Have on, you not, Mark. Did you it's, not... gi- it's giant robots smashing into one another. What's not it is giant robots? For real. Did you not see the picture? But no, no I want to say that they're doomed unless they have Wi-Fi and, you know, these fighting robots are doomed unless they can launch nuclear missiles in seven great features about the fighting robots that you didn't know. Or five giant hints about <laughs> fighting robots. As you can tell, I'm slightly burned out by the rumour mill of Apple. Three things you must know about the iPhone. All right, some, somebody will make uh, somebody will make a website, mygiantrobots.com. And we'll do a podcast <laughs> with it. Yeah. Well, if you want to find out about it, just, just uh, Google Megabots. That will tell you everything you need to know. Boo, it's just a CG intro. Oh, why? So I'm just having a look at the uh, old Monkey King. Oh, holy moly, that's like a bit. Are they playing tennis? Monkey tennis. Aha, smell my cheese. <laughs> yeah, I'm one, bo- I'm one yeah. bottle of beer down and we're already on Alan Partridge references. Please, just, just show me it working. Just show it launching something. Show it. Let me see something being blown up. Appeal to my inner child. 
<laughs> Gonna have to wait till August. God, that long? Well, they must already have the robots made. You know, well, I, I can't believe for that about that, two years. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't believe they'd be like, "All right, well, we're gonna have these robots fight in like two, three months, and we're just starting to make them now." Yeah, good plan. Uh, oh no, no, no. The, the the whole backstory is that the Americans had uh, had one, and then uh, the Japanese, I think, challenged them to a duel, and the Megabots book boys then decided that their Mark II bot. Uh, would probably be all right in a fight, but the pilot would probably get mashed. So they thought they'd better build a Mark III, um, which oh, they've spent. Oh, doesn't have a thing. pilot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 are... wait. All these robots have people inside of them? Yes. Yes. It's full-on Japanese mecha, you know, mecha fighting. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just wrong. No, that's just right. No, that's just oh so right. That's it. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, if there's actual people inside of these robots, they're not going to be able to fire rockets and have flamethrowers <laughs> and all the rest of that. That's why they need to be think, automated. Well, I think by the look of the uh, the ones I've seen, it looks like the launching weapons are like giant, uh, you know, giant paintball type guns. Oh, can, uh, see, now I'm bored. Oh, see, but, yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah, uh, yeah, but then they're also going to be fighting with swords and things and bashing each other. So you know, it better not be just a great. big jumped-up version of Rock'em Sock'em Robot. That's what it sounds. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, come on. There's enough of that. There's only there for a laugh, and you said you wanted to see it, and I found it out. I do. I, I will still probably watch. If, if anything, it'll be good to watch while slightly inebriated. Uh, which is I'm fact, so like in another half hour, forty five minutes. Then. Well, I'm going to pick a topic, let you <laughs> let you crack on for half an hour, and I can go to the fridge and get a drink. <laughs> so let's find. Um, did you? Uh, did any of you going completely off the world of Apple for a minute? Did any of you watch that oh so interesting Microsoft event this week? No, my God, no. Uh, no, but I well, <laughs> I didn't actually watch it, but I heard a lot about it, and actually, it seems. Although a bit schizophrenic, it it sounded quite interesting in parts. They've basically released a the MacBook or the MacBook Air that everyone wishes that Apple would release. But the main topic of conversation is how dare they? They're going to release an operating system with a walled garden. Does that sound <laughs> Gee, familiar? A little bit. It does sound a little familiar. Except the the difference is. You know, that's, that's, you know, that's iOS that has the walled garden. You know, you can get apps from anywhere for the Mac that, well, of course, naturally that runs on the operating system, preferably. But there is a, but do not fear, there is a toggle switch that uh, if you pay Microsoft um, around about $50, I believe it is, you can unlock Windows S to Windows whatever it will be. And I think because a Windows 10 laptop with four gigs of RAM and 128 gig SSD is going to work so well. You beat me to it, good sir. You beat me to it. This oh, is just sorry. a way to get more crappy. Uh, do you remember when we got plagued with those netbooks that were running those yeah. horrible Atom processors and now they're just going to... It's a way for the market to become more flooded with those horribly underspec devices. And more tablets. Now, now you're now you're paying a premium price for it. Yeah, because it's got Windows on it. But this is like well, the surface only, only if you buy their uh, only if you buy their 
Surface. I mean, they've, they, this Surface Net, um, Surface laptop, which, you know, seems to be rather nice and it's got a 999 price tag on it. But that strikes me a bit as it's a bit like the Google Pixel, isn't it? And yeah. you've got a premium piece of kit running a software designed for cut down cheap ass kit. Kind of doesn't work. One called 999, that cheap though. It just feels like. No, it's not. It, it feels but, like they've taken the idea you know, of the Surface RT, rebunched it, and said, right, this is Surface R- This is like Microsoft, uh, sorry, the Surface RT, but now it's for education. So people will know that it won't run uh, anything other than the App Store apps. But it's the quality of the App Store apps that just absolutely suck. The problem that Microsoft has is that they have to get developers to buy into this. And and I'm not talking about Windows 10, but Windows 10 S uh, concept where, you know, their applications will, will only work with Windows 10 S because they'll have to be way cut down to, to run on four gigs of RAM and a hundred and 128 gigs of storage. So, you know, I mean, you're not going to have crisis or, or like mega video games that, that are going to play on this thing. And I mean, I realize that, you know, Microsoft with their announcement said something along the lines of, well, this is the device that teachers and students asked us for. It's like, really, really you, you talk to teachers and students and they said, please give us a device that costs four times as much as a Chromebook and uh, can only run the stuff that, that you let it run. That's what, that's what they were asking for. Seems legit. Well, the, the whole, the whole point is that the, that the surface laptop is definitely a premium laptop, but the 10 S idea is that a terrible idea. It is that Acer and Asus and all these other people are already saying they're going to be shipping 10S notebooks in the $200 bracket. Yeah. So, okay. and, and the RT. But then you the, still need, you still need, the whole, you need all of the, the, the Microsoft supporting software and hardware to, to network all these things together. Whereas with a Chromebook, you know, you're basically shoving that off over to Google. You're saying, all right, Google, here's, here's, you know, my 30 kids with their Chromebooks and all their accounts. And, uh, you just keep track of, of all the stuff that they're doing. We, you know, the only thing that we need to have here in the school is a, uh, a Wi-Fi network. Whereas it, you put on windows. Okay. Well now you need a lot more supporting hardware for that stuff. Oh yeah. I, 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 I don't doubt that. But they, I mean, I would say though, in some respect, they're already going to have some of that hard, uh, some of that infrastructure maybe already, because most schools, let's face it, will run uh, Microsoft Server. But it all depends on: are they going to change what server you can run it on? Will there be some sort of locking to say, right, you need, uh, let's say, Exchange Server 2016 to use it with? Uh, this particular operating system, yeah, yeah, with Windows S, probably not. But I wouldn't be surprised if there were some features that you could only use if you upgrade to their latest version of server. There's yeah, going to be something I, behind the back end that's going to power the fact they have basically released uh, a free OS. But it's the App Store that worries me because you go onto the App Store, there are just no good. 
quality apps. You take something like, um, I'll go back to my old favorite. You want to place your signature onto a PDF form. So all you want to, you've got a PDF form. Let's say someone sent you a contract. They say, sign here and send it back. Now, normally you would print it. You, If you're not on a Mac, you would print it. You then go to the copier. You then scan it. You then go back to your email, attach it and send it. I've. It took me quite a while to find an app where I could doodle on a PDF. And that app, other than Microsoft uh, Reader, I think it's called Drawboard PDF, was eight ninety nine for something what I would class as a very very basic thing. You can't even do it in Adobe Touch because I still don't think. What edit PDFs in Adobe Touch? No, you can read them, um, but you can't do anything with them. Or you, or you can, or you can literally do. If you have the desktop version of Adobe Reader. You can do an annotation, but it seems to treat, unless you do joined up writing, it treats every character as a different sort of vector graphic. So if you do an M, you take your pen off, you then put it back on, you do an A, R, take your pen off, put it back on, do a K, you end up with three different bits. Then you've got to flatten the file. And that's where the store is let down. I mean, I've, I've said this story before. I wanted to unzip some files when I first got a Windows 10 machine. And I thought, you know what? I'll play the Microsoft game. I will go into the Windows Store. I will download a uh, an application unzipper, and away I go. It took forever. And the reason why is because in that unzipping program on the left-hand side of it, there was an advert for a Solitaire game for $8.99. So and at what point do we say the Microsoft Store needs work it needs to do something because it's been around for quite a while now but there's just no quality things on there and if you're out there if you're listening and you could recommend some microsoft apps from the store and especially surface apps please 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 do let me know because i would love to be proved wrong on this but that's been the strength of the apple products i think where the store's so big and yes you know, we're not exemptors. We've got a whole load of crap, but at least within the crap, you find your diamond. Fair enough. I mean, I I really think because Microsoft introduced was it the Cloud Book a few weeks back, which is definitely a Chromebook competitor. Now they've introduced this Windows 10 S. Um, I'm pretty sure that the actual point of Windows 10 S is to drive developers to actually make their stuff Microsoft App Store compatible because an awful lot of their problems in Windows are based around the fact that there's stuff using legacy code going back to you know, 9X and it's just it's just terrible. And they really, you know, unlike Apple, I mean, when Apple went to, you know, OS 10, it was like, right, sorry, guys, but all that old stuff is out the window. Bad luck. Well, wait, that's you not mean? necessarily true. Uh, they had an emulation layer that worked all the way through well, that is true. to 10.4, that where you could use what they called classic Mac applications. So everything from yeah. system, now at the stuff from system six and down, you couldn't, but uh, applications that were made to run for system seven, eight, and nine 
would at least initially work in the yeah you could run layer. power pc you could run power pc in the road no, no 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 that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about when they made the switch from system oh well, the actual the classic, classic OS. yes you had the yeah yes still ran you could run the classic os like inside almost like a vm couldn't you right and the um the, to me where where microsoft made their mistake was back when they when they first introduced the surface to have two different versions of it the the um the rt and the the regular you know the rt running on an arm processor and the regular running on x86 and they both looked exactly identical so you had people walking into stores and saying okay well the surface pro is let's just say it's 499 and this surface rt which looks just like it is 299. I'm going to get the Surface RT, never realizing yeah. that all the software that they owned, they could not use on the Surface RT because it had an ARM processor. To me, what would have made more sense for Microsoft to do was not release a, an x86 version of the Surface at all. They, if they had just released the Surface RT running on an ARM processor, this would be a very different conversation right now because they would already be set at this point to have relatively inexpensive surface uh, touch pads running on arm processors that could easily compete with anything that uh, Google puts out. That's what I'm oh, yeah, quite likely, quite likely. I think that's, you know, so instead they get rid of the, the X86 one, I'm sorry, they get rid of the arm based one. And change their entire operating system to be touch based that no one asked them for. Yeah, that's a. Well. I don't know if you caught last week's show. Uh, I'm in work. I've got a Surface Pro Four, and I still. Uh, what's the? I can't find the right phrase, but I still can't quite find the words to adequately. Dis- uh, oh blimey! Let me just have a drink of beer. Hold on. <laughs> I think you're trying to say it's a bit schizophrenic, but yeah, at the minute, everything it, from Microsoft on it is a bit schizophrenic. It just can't quite make its mind up where it's going. It's like right. I think Windows 10 could be a big hit. I really do. But it just, um, it just doesn't I feel mean, natural. It just doesn't. Like, your finger is a finger. The pen is a pen. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. use your finger as a pen, but you can use your... Uh, sorry. You can't use your pen. Yeah, you can... Oh, let's try that again. Oh. Yeah, I think you need another drink. Hang on then. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored uh, by St. Etienne Lager, 99p from Lidl at St. Etienne. And if anyone out there does want to sponsor the show with Lager, I will do a live stream, video stream, uh, with just me getting hammered. I don't know if anyone would watch it. I do know. So that's going to be an edit point. The point is... So you can use your finger as a pen, but you can't use your pen as a finger. There we are. Let me just have another drink to celebrate getting through that. Any excuse? No, that's good. <laughs> and that's and that's the problem with it. It's you just never know when you can prod or you've got to use the pencil. So you end up doing the button twirl of, you know, oh, now I've got to put the pencil out of the way so I can scroll around the screen with my finger. Then when I've done, I've got to come back with the pen. And if I'm in a Word document, uh, it becomes a... So, for example, you've got Microsoft Word open. If you want to scroll up and down the pages, you can just use your finger. 
brilliantly. If you put the pen on the screen, the pen changes to the character selection. So you can select words, paragraph, text, that's fine. But even if you go into like a big blank space or say the right hand side of the A4 page, you can't scroll up and down. Instead, you have to kind of hunt for this really thin scroll bar to scroll back up and down. So it then becomes quicker to take the pencil away from the screen, your pen, get your finger, scroll to the point that you want, which is why I've sort of started to understand now why when you've got that Irish bloke bending over the surface display thingy, having two hands sprawled on it, why he has to use two hands, because otherwise, if you don't, you just end up in this sort of weird conjoined state of, oh, I've got to take this off and take that off and take this off. Am I making any sense? I don't think so. Guy, tell us about something. <laughs> I'm sorry, say it again, please. Play the nod your head music or something. Get me out of this. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't have something open. I actually do not. It's weird. You know? defense i said to simon wait, wait, i don't wait, know i got I'm... something here you go that's probably never in my defense i did say to simon i don't know if i'm up for a show i'm think i think i'm a little bit delirious and dehydrated proof if there is everyone in the pudding but well, you should drink <laughs> oh okay on then. <laughs> see this is why i'm a bad friend you know, I, I, I encourage, I encourage poor behavior. Actually, sometimes I'm the cause of poor behavior. And for children listening, I do believe we have some under the age of the legal drinking limit. Drinking is not big, clever or cool, but it's damn fun. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> I was just having a look. I remember last year when I was going to a supermarket, the one tablet that I thought because I've got an iPad Air 1, and I don't know about you, Guy, but all I use my iPad Air 1 is literally for watching Netflix and Twitch. So I thought, I could sell this, get some pocket money, and I will switch over to a different operating system. And I thought, if I'm going to go to a different OS, I don't want to go to Android. I'd rather go to Windows 10, because although there's much, much to be said about it, it's not that bad. But... I can't find a Windows 10 um, Windows 10 laptop tablet PC. We used to have one here um, called Lynx. And the spec about a year and a half ago was an Atom 8300 quad-core processor running 1.44, 2 gigabytes of RAM, 10.1-inch uh, display. But this is, what, this is what I just see flooding the market yet again, are devices with this sort of low base spec of two gigs of RAM and 32 gigs of storage. And we're going to, I don't see how Microsoft is going to be any better off by letting OEMs have this sort of low end hardware. I really don't. Well, and to make it even worse, then they have to scale the OS down to run on that crap. Well, which is apparently what windows S will do. Uh, (laughs) Next week. Oh, hang on. Well, Uh, they're saying it's optimized low-end hardware not cut down optimized for low spec yeah hardware. but haven't we heard this before yeah, yeah you know oh, yeah, this, was, know. this was the same crap we heard with with uh netbooks trying to run um windows 7 and then or uh, windows vista and 7 you know it was it was just a terrible experience 
So you the know, best the best netbook I ever had ran a version of Ubuntu, Hardy Heron, I think. Yeah, but the difference between Windows 10, which has a lot of overhead, and Linux, which doesn't, is night and day. Well, exactly. That's why that was the best netbook I ever had, because it was actually a nice thing to use, even though it was running on a, you know, tiny little processor, LNX, I think. And it, I remember the LNX ones as well. Those Atom netbooks were terrible. I, I remember everyone laughing at me because I just bought uh, my first white macbook and then was going oh you've paid for that overpriced piece of rubbish and oh look at this it's got a lovely battery life and i'm like then they all died and it was like well i've still got mine and i still use it (laughs) yep let's go let's change topics slightly why don't we let's go for another random thing the Apple earnings call. Did anyone read anything about that? Uh, I will put my hand up to say I completely missed that whilst I was having my meltdown of getting ready this week. Well, well I didn't honest, see it, but I've got all the stats here if you if you want to hear it. Yeah. Will it well, last about I, I forty-five say, to fifty seconds? What, <laughs> what long enough for you to go read the stats or or the go on. Go uh, yes, the stats. Go. Just go. Okay. Um, <laughs> listening, I'm not going to the fridge. Uh, on the iPhone, these were all, I got all these from nine to five Mac Uh, on the iPhone, a little over or nearly 51 million iPhones uh, over 33 billion in revenue, which apparently is down 1% year over year. However, it's up. The ASP is up 2% over year over year, but somehow still missed analyst expectations. Of course, despite sales drop, iPhone revenue is up 1% channel inventory is down. Uh, iPad 8.9 million units sold, which is down 12%. Every single, every single quarter is like, Oh, year over year. You know, as far as I can tell, this means eventually that Apple will sell like four iPads and you know, Oh, it's down another 5%. Oh no. Well, Well, we're down to three. So stupid. Um, they, but apparently the iPad sales did grow in the U S but they didn't offer any, uh, any specifics on that customer satisfaction between 95 and 100 percent i think you'll find that the the ipad is a bit of a dichotomy what you've got at the moment is that the uh ipad minis sales are declining rapidly now whether that's because they haven't updated the iPad mini for a long time or whether they haven't updated it because it doesn't sell. I can't tell. Or it just lasts forever and you never sort of seem to hit the ceiling. Well, there is that as well. Well, As as long as it runs the latest OS, why, why would you you? change it for the latest one? What's the point? It's a little But sales of the pros are growing. So, eventually that's going to balance out because either Apple will kill the mini or they'll be selling so few minis as it's irrelevant. Well, I don't Um, see, I don't see them not selling the mini anymore. Um, especially with this, this push into, uh, the cars that they've been doing. I think that the, the mini just because of its sheer size, would be the the perfect in dash little device that you, know, yeah, you park your car, 
and then you hit a little button and you, you take out the electronics of the car with you. And now the car can't be stolen because they can't start it without the mini. Yep. Exactly. Oh yeah. Very, that, that's, that's quite a possibility. Yeah. But, um, to be honest, um, I understand that sales of the iPhone were down a touch, but the revenue was up a bit and, you know, overall, let's face it, they made a lot of money and, yeah. uh, if you really want to know what it all means, I suggest you either go and listen to the Tech Pinions podcast with Tim Baharin and uh, <laughs> his crew who, you know, make their living understanding what all that stuff means. Or, uh, of course, Bart Bouchot's excellent Let's Talk Apple, where he studies it all very carefully and explains it all properly, unlike us who just talk we a just load of make it up on us well, there's actually there's actually a couple things here that are very interesting um mac revenue was up 20 percent in china which again may mean they sold five macs instead of four macs um google their services is still growing like crazy i mean it's if you had a company that was based just on apple services alone people would be like going out of their minds oh, trying to buy stock in it it's it's growing like mad they reckon it's yeah. going to be, what was it this time? Um, what was Over the seven billion. this time? And they were saying they reckon that's going to double by 2020 at least. Well, that means that we're going to be due for an Apple versus Spotify growth comparison very soon. So we haven't had that for a few months. Yeah, I don't Well, <laughs> I, I think Apple are going to be all right. You know, 256 US billion. Um, no, I, I don't think they're going now of business any day soon, do you? No, 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 they're doomed. Imagine if Apple just suddenly decided to release a refresh of the iPhone uh, SE. They just did a spec bump on that. That's their that's their one percent deficit. Because I think that was the uh, that was a figure that's being quoted that Apple is one percent down, and not even the most hardcore journalists out there could say it's a downward trend. It's a disaster when they're talking about one percent. Right. I mean, hell, that's that's within that's within the realm of of, of stati- statistical anomaly. You know, I mean, there's an they had there's another interesting, uh, not really interesting. I guess it would be more along the lines of stupid uh, thing here as far as Mac sales go. Now they say that that uh, for the Mac they sold 4.1 million units, and then for whatever reason somebody figured this out. This was down point. Zero one percent year over year. Why would you even bother to say that? You know, point zero one percent. Oh no, point zero one percent. Considering when you're saying, "Oh, we sold," you know, I don't know, yeah, four point one million of those things down point zero zero one percent. What? Well, that's what the one Mac that didn't make it into the quarter because the guy, because <laughs> the mislabeled. guy handed over his credit. Your guy handed over his credit card and they said, that's been declined, sir. Oh, sorry, I gave you the wrong card and then paid for it with another card. But that 30-second delay meant that Mac didn't go in the quarter. That's your zero, zero. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? That's your point zero zero one percent That's that's just, yeah, why? Why did you? It's just somebody, I've got to have something to say on the matter, I think. That is. Exactly. Exactly. Did we all see Tim Cook's interview, though? Did we see Uncle Tim talking to Jim Cramer? No. Oh, really? That was actually, that's very interesting. Go and listen to it. 
not right now, obviously, yeah. but no, do go and listen to it. It's actually, it's Tim Cook talking about Apple and, uh, you know, job creation. And did he, did he say the immortal it's... phrase, we have many great things in the pipeline that we'll release later this no. year? No, he didn't. Ooh. But Jim Cramer did try and push him and he just laughed. And he said, uh, you know, are you working on a car? And Tim just laughed and said, you know, I can't tell you that. <laughs> so, no, he didn't promise loads of great things in the pipeline. I think that whole point, he doesn't need to do that anymore because they had that whole meeting with, you know, uh, Marco Arman and John Gruber and, and all those guys and pretty much said what we're going to do. So, And everything else is a deathly secret, isn't it? Everything else is a deathly secret. Well, it should be. Quite, you know, quite that, right. That- that's how they. I mean, they, you know, they've hired a load of satellite guys and NASA guys and all sorts. So, what's that mean? What they're actually going to launch this spaceship into? You know, the spaceship building is actually a spaceship, or they're going to build a load of satellites, or they're, they're who knows? Well, I, I really maybe think they already have guys just to do mapping. <laughs> who knows? You know, who knows? It's it, so it's all. Rubbish. It's all fun. <laughs> it's all rubbish. Well, there's that as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially iPhone 8 speculation because it's going oh, to be God. early or late or fatter oh. or thinner or wider or, you know, oh, bigger, God, better, smaller. My thought on that is if, if those stupid curved screens were that good and they were that brilliant, then more people would have done them, surely. There is enough. We, we're in a society where if you have even a vaguely good product, it will be on a knockoff site sooner rather very, than later uh, right. unless unless samsung have no. got it so locked down in terms of patents you couldn't do anything about it i mean it, no, it's, it's not locked down they've just done it was just a novelty and now everybody thinks it's brilliant personally i'm, I'm not convinced where am I going to hold my iPhone if the touchscreen goes right, wraps around the bloody sides? How Maybe. are you going to handle it without I've... constantly activating stuff? Hang on one second. I've had an idea. <laughs> no, the idea wasn't just to have a drink, but I'll do that anyway. Maybe by having a curved screen, it fits the contour of your ass better. Or ass, <laughs> as Americans would say. Yes. Therefore... When you have it in your back pocket and you bend over, it won't bend as much unless you put it in the wrong way. Therefore, that cuts down on the repairs and returns. Therefore, Apple is saved and comes back into um, actual profit again. <laughs> That's a stretch. So it's going to go in your arse. It's going to go between your arse and any other arse. <laughs> Yeah, okay. could you imagine? <laughs> and that's a good point. Now we have a subcategory of Apple products: cleansing wipes, or Apple wipes, <laughs> or A wipes, oh, I wipes. Yeah. No, I like A wipes better. Yeah, so you know you have a new category of uh, Apple A wipes, which again, as a service, well, let's face it. Yeah, streaming is a service. Healthcare is a service. Apple have now made their jump into healthcare because they've got the Apple Watch. So sterilization is the next way forward for your for your. Um... Well, I, I think they should call them. It would be let's see, Apple, Apple new applied lemon fresh wipes. And I think that's a very good point there to go to the most hardware store. Uh, John, bail us out of this one. 
I just came back from a long weekend in Chicago, and I'd like to recommend two of the items that really made the traveling much more efficient and enjoyable. The first comes from the Scott Evest, S-C-O-T-T-E-V-E-S-T, scottevest.com. It's their fleece jacket version 8. I have version 7. They're very similar. This is a big ticket item. Costs $200. Comes in a grayish black. Very attractive. Nice fit. But the most important thing is it's comfortable. It's good in warm or cool weather. And it's got a zillion pockets for your iPads, your iPhones, your headphones, your cables, your chargers, your adapters, your batteries, your glasses. Everything you possibly need goes in this jacket. And you know I'm a very skinny guy. I got a little bit chubbier by wearing this jacket, but it goes right through the airport security. So this will be the best $200 that you spend as far as a travel garment. Everything from Scotty Vest that I have used over the years, I value highly. And whatever the price is, it's certainly worth it. So we have the links. Please look at the website, look at the reviews, look at the ratings, and you'll see I'm not the only one who likes the Fleece Jacket 8.0 from Scott E. Vest. The headphones that I listen to come from one of my favorite audio companies called Think Sound. T-H-I-N-K-S-O-U-N-D, thinksound.com. And their newest on-ear headphones are beautifully designed and constructed and comfortable. They are so comfortable for wearing the entire length of the time I was on the plane. They're called the On 2. That's the letter O, the letter N, and the number 2. The On 2 Monitor Series. Depending on where you purchase them, they're $160 to $200 in the U.S. So shop around at Amazon and also at the company's website to read about the On 2 Supra Oral Monitor featuring accurate professional studio monitor sound and imaging comes with two different cables. This is a company that makes premium stuff at a very affordable price, but the build quality and the comfort level are excellent for travel. Then they fold up nicely, go in a little snug little tote, and they will last you forever. It's easy to tell the right one from the left one. I'm a music nutcase, and the On2 Monitor Series on-ear headphones satisfy me in every way for travel, or at home, recreational or professional listening. Back next week, Nemo's Hardware Store. Cheers, John, once again for another Nemo's Hardware Store. Right, if I can find the page of my notes on it, let's have a look. You see, yeah, the Scott E-Vest, the 21-pocket po- 21 fleece travel jacket, £200 on Amazon US, but... Uh, for some reason, it's £310 in the UK. Hmm. Put that one down to Brexit, shall we? The on to... That's actually cheaper. Yeah. It's actually cheaper to buy it from the US and pay the $30 or something uh, import duty, honestly. There's, there is actually a service where you can buy a post box in America and get your stuff delivered there, and then they transfer it on for a very reasonable fee. I'll try and find out for next week. The On2 Monitor Series Wood On-Air Travel Headphones, $158.97 in Amazon US. You'll probably find them for cheaper if you look for other sellers. And $149 in Amazon UK. Seems a lot of people are jumping on this... Um, 
parity bandwagon that Apple and Microsoft are now doing. And of course, you'll find all of these in our show notes along with our little Amazon link where whatever you click on after you go to that link, you check out and you purchase we get a very, very small part of commission and it all goes back into the running of this podcast. It doesn't matter what you buy. It doesn't cost you anything extra. You don't have to tick a box. You don't have to sign in, sign out, sign up for a mailer or give away anything like that. Yep. Well, good news is, Guy, if you are going to Amazon and you click on our link or even Guy's link for the MyMac show, we, well, we slash us, it all goes into helping. And believe me, I know some people out there are using it because I can see some very, very basic stats and it really, really does help. In fact, it's going to replace my boom arm, which fell apart on me uh, seconds before recording the show. And of course, a huge, huge thank you to our Patreon people. I'm working on something. Uh, it's taking a bit longer than I can, but there will be <laughs> Patreon-only things. We might do an After Dark show, which will be uh, Patreon-only, or we might do a live stream for Patreon-only people as well. So you have been warned. But please don't cancel your uh, Patreon things. It's really, really handy. Uh, well, we'll come... Well, actually, while we're on the subject of money and all stuff like that, Apple won't be slashing all commissions for App Store referrals at all. Now, if you didn't know this, you get your big sites like iMore, Accenture, Apple, uh, MyMac.com, and you can be uh, an affiliate with um, iTunes. You have to go through a third-party site called phgconsole.itunes.com, I believe it is. You sign up, you get accepted. And then basically, if someone clicks on a link to an iOS app or a Mac app or music or video and you make a purchase, that person or persons will get 7% of whatever it is you purchase, which again is quite handy, but the hit rate I found on that. Actually very generous. Yes, that is one of the most generous things. I think, uh, I know Amazon is way lower than that. In fact, not many places will actually give that high. So when you hear that Apple, you know, take 30% of developer, um, sorry, they take 30% cut, 7% of that is going to quite a few people. Now, the news was it was all going to change to be 2.5%, which, let's face it, is barely blinking worth it. But apparently, this is not going to be the case now, according to Cult of Mac. Go, you, um, do you do this on my Mac? I can't remember off the top of my head. I do apologize. Oh, well, I mean, I, I mean, Gas and I record the show. Ah, and... right. Phew. I thought I was plugging someone else's show then for a minute. No, no, no. no. You said right. our show. You said our show. My Mac, my Mac is Guy and Gaz, and MyMac.com is run by Tim. Well, uh, no, he, yeah. he he also owns my Mac, the, the My Mac podcast. He started yes, the My he Mac does. podcast. I, know that, I know that. And you know, and no, you know, I, I'm not complaining about it or anything along those lines. Um, you know, Tim, Tim was one of the, one of the, the pioneers in podcasts. I mean, heck he started, he started the my Mac podcast in 2004 when most people had never even heard of podcasting. So, you know, I mean, the fact that, that Gaz and I kind of took the show over, um, God, six years ago, seven years ago, it was show 285 and we're up to 655. Um, you know, it, it, this is something that we do because we enjoy doing it. You know, we don't really expect to make any money on it. 
I, but I hope that whatever affiliates that Tim has associated with the podcast, that he's, he's making little coin on it. He deserves it. It all blew up because suddenly in-app iOS commission is 2.5%. A Mac app right. will you 7% and an in-app commission is 2.5%, which I think that's well, that, I think If you have, if if you buy, let's say you buy an app and, and the app costs $5, $4.99. And so you would get uh, 7% of that $4.99. But if that app that sold for $4.99 has say uh, a $1 in-app purchase for more gold or whatever, you wouldn't get 7% of the in-app purchase. You would get 2.5% of the in-app purchase. I'm just looking at it here. So I'll actually put a link to the homepage of this, but literally across the board, it's 7% unless you subscribe to Apple Music where you get a one-time 50% commission. That's if anyone uses Apple Music these days. That's gone a little bit. Oh, I do. Did you make the switch from Spotify or did you just go straight in? I pretty much went straight in. I hadn't, you know, I didn't subscribe or sorry. I I believe I did have a Spotify account, but I didn't have a paid Spotify account. And back before Apple music, when it was Apple match, well, that kind of made sense to me because of all the stuff that I had purchased in iTunes. Well, now it was going to be available available to me, uh, you know, without having to actually store it on my iPhone or my iPad. So iPad match made sense. And then that just kind of rolled right over into Apple music. So yeah, I've, I've been, I've used it, you know, I, I can't say I use it like every day. Because for the most part, I, I don't have that long a commute. So I'm listening to podcasts on my way to and from work. But when I do use it, it, it works uh, works a charm. I've never had any problems with it. I would love to revisit it if I could get a, another 30-day free trial. I'd, I'd sort of, yeah, I'm, I might give it a go for a month just to see if it can hook me back in. But I don't know if there's something still that appeals to me about old-timey radio. And I'm a big, big fan of... Uh, we, there's a station here in the UK called, well, it's not in the UK, it's worldwide because it's on the old interweb, called Radio Caroline, which is Europe's first album station. And the amount of music that I've discovered uh, from there, but so from some really, really obscure artists, uh, there's an artist called Ananda Shankar who did a remix of Hotel California. So oh, really? A, yeah, so it's an Indian um, sitar player who does covers of modern songs. And it was brilliant. <laughs> I was there in the office funking away. Uh, and then I went on shout out to iTunes to buy it. So I might go and I might revisit Apple Music. For me, when I did have it, it felt less sterile than, say, Spotify. Spotify just seemed to be push, 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 rather than I don't know. It just it just felt a, a nicer experience. So I may go back and revisit that. Simon, are you on any streaming services? Uh, well, because I'm an Amazon Prime member, I, uh, when I do uh, listen to streamed music, I tend to use the Amazon Prime. Because it's part of 
what I've already paid for. Um, and I'm quite glad to hear the rumours the last few days that Amazon Prime TV might finally make it onto the Apple TV. Because oh, yes. Amazon yeah. Prime has yeah. some really, really good content. Um, I mean, I w- I've got I Netflix. would watch it a lot more if it was on Apple TV. Same here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I If I did the trouble with it not being on the Apple TV is I have to specifically think I'll have a look on Amazon. Then I tend to do that on my phone and then airplay from my phone to the Apple TV. But that's a bit of a fag and it would be so much easier if, if the Amazon prime TV was an app on my Apple TV, then like Netflix, I would just open it. I'd click on there. What's what's on Amazon. And they have some fabulous content. They really do. So I should make more use of it. I'm paying for it, you know, but, um, yeah, I'm really hoping that this, uh, this comes true. Jeff Bezos was quoted as saying to Recode, we want our player, our prime video player, to be on the device, and we want it to be on the device with acceptable business terms. And so you can always get the player so on their the terms. De- yeah. <laughs> Well, this is Amazon. The question is, can you do so with acceptable business terms, as he mentions yet again? And if you can't, then we don't want to sell it to our customers because they're going to be buying it thinking they can watch Prime Video and then they're going to be disappointed and then they're going to return it. Yeah, just say you don't want to pay the 30% and be done with it. Stop trying to make yeah. it or something. Is, I mean, it, like, rem- like you're trying to, you, you're looking out for the little guy. No, we care because we're not a corporate monster no, whatsoever. Don't don't you think the truth though is that most people who watch Amazon Prime TV or Amazon TV are Prime subscribers, so they're not likely to be buying very much at all. There would be a way. Why would you buy it? I mean, I know you can buy things from you know. Amazon Video, though, always seems a bit of a hodgepodge because I go on there and it's the expectation I've got from using Netflix so much that you go onto Amazon Prime Video, I see something, I can watch it, but it's not like that because some content you have to buy, some you have to rent, and then some you can watch. uh, They give you like a little preview if if, if you have to buy it, and then it goes off. I do. I must admit, I'm I'm with you both here. I do like Amazon Prime. It's got some really nice content. But the fact that there's this barrier that I can get around it if I go and spend uh, £30, £40 on an Amazon box and I plug that in. Then when I want to flick over from my Apple TV, I have to go and change the input. I don't want to do any of that. I know AirPlay is a solution, but I don't want to do that either. I just want to be able to go to my box of everything, go, hey, damn, I said that one out, play Parks and Recreation, because I'm really addicted to that show, and for it just to do its magic. Well, yeah. So I'm very much hoping that the uh, Amazon Prime TV will come to the Apple TV as an app, and then we'll all be happy. And that Jeff can put some money in his pocket and Apple can do a deal. And then everybody will be shiny and happy, won't they? Because the Apple TV is doomed unless they have it on there. Doomed! No, it's not. Uh, the, the one thing I would say about this, it reminds me of the um, the times when we were all saying Netflix to, re- to allow stream, uh, sorry, downloading of content. And this was the story that would come out every year. And I know because I kept a conscious eye on it for about two, three years that 
coming soon this fall or a developer close to the matter or people familiar with the matter would say, oh, yeah, Netflix are going to do online you know, online downloads so you can have all your shows. And then it just came out of the blue last year. So hopefully, fingers crossed, though, uh, this would be something amazing. Although let's just hope it just isn't for America only or something <laughs> stupid like that. Oh, no, that's fine. Oh, wait, sorry. <sighs> Damn, damn you with your Hulu subscription in your live TV channels. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Actually, it, uh, can I rant for a second? Oh, please do. I need to go do get another drink. Um, there's, a, there's an app or there's, there's a, uh, a network here, CBS Columbia broadcasting system, and they have an app and they have a subscription service, which I did apply for because that was going to be the only way that you could watch the new Star Trek discovery show which I was very interested in. And as it turns out, it's been delayed and delayed and delayed. And so I was like, you know what? I'm paying however much it is. I think it's like five bucks a month and I'm, I'm not using it. And the, the, the few times that I've tried to use it, uh, they don't have all the shows for the seasons that they advertise. Like I'm a big fan of the show taxi. Well, they don't have all the episodes they have like, okay, well, here's all season two. All right. Well, where's the season two episode where they introduce Reverend Jim and they, and Reverend Jim goes to get his uh, driver's license. They don't have it. So I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just going to stop paying for it. So I go to whatever the website is to, to get off the service and they make it nearly impossible to unsubscribe. And when you try to unsubscribe, well, we're going to give you a free month. Okay. Well, that's great but I'm still going to unsubscribe. And, you know, I really wish for all these services that Apple has with other networks where you have to pay to use that service, that there should be a way to cancel it from within uh, iTunes or from within the Apple TV where you're like, "Uh, no, I just, I don't want that anymore. Click. And, you know, whatever the cutoff day is for that particular service goes away. But no, you, you've got to go through their app to do so. And uh, if I can't figure out a way to do it easily within the next week or so, I'm probably going to have to go through Apple to do it. You do bring up a good point, though. It's like you can subscribe in-app, but yeah, you can't subscribe um, out of app. And not sp- a friend of mine who has joined a dating website, not me, a friend of mine, honest, has had exactly the same problem. You try and find, you know, there's all these offers in click now to purchase now, but you try unsubscribing. You've got to... Or unsubscribe. Yeah, unsubscribe. You've you've got to ditch your phone, go onto the desktop, hunt, 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 and then what is it you get is like, oh, well, we can see you're subscribing because you weren't happy with the quality of nutcases that are on this website. And then they offer you money off straight away. Well, that's fair enough. You know, it might tempt you back in. But actually getting to the crux of saying, no, I don't want to pay you. And I know people who've had to go to their bank to say, please stop them taking money. It's almost damn near impossible. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, I mean, it makes you wonder if Apple will address that in the future. But they have, but it's kind of unlikely because um, an article that I read today uh, whilst I, after I've just woken up, was about the the old um, in-app upgrades, where Apple have basically said, "Nope, we don't see 
any way that we can realistically do upgrade pricing, subscription pricing is the way to go for apps if you want to keep them new and to be able to charge people for new features. So it looks like we're going to be stuck with all these lovely, lovely nefarious ways of locking you in for a bit longer. Yeah. And that's that just that's just awful. It sucks. I'm just trying to think, what else we got? Do you want to choose a story, the next story there, Guy? And then uh, we'll, why long we be going for? Way too long. Any story <laughs> on there? Uh, let's see. What I about haven't the eaten today. Go easy. Sorry, so I, I spoke all over you then. Say again, Guy. The digital economy bill that's now law. I guess that's in the UK. Oh, Simon, I'll love this one. Go on, Simon, take it away. Uh, well, it's just an update because do you remember when I talked uh, a few shows ago about the uh, Lords had attempted to amend the digital economy bill and to say that they wanted to see the uh, minimum service requirement set at 30 megabits per second? Oh, yes. Um, right. Well, uh, Sorry to the, talk in such poor people's terms through there, guy, because I know Americans have like super duper blinking fast fiber everywhere. Well, the digital economy bill was uh, passed, got royal assent, but uh, the Lord's uh, recommendation was discarded. So the minimum broadband speed has been set at 10 megabits per second. However, of course, it does mean that the universal uh, service provision uh, clause has passed into law and that is that it doesn't matter who you are or where you are in the uk um you should be entitled to have a uh, a service that includes a minimum of a 10 mega megabits per second download so basically saying adsl for everyone so all those uh you know all those shepherds in the outer hebrides living in their little shacks can demand that somebody supplies them with 10 megabits per second download or else i don't know how that's going to get enforced but i suppose it's one of those things where you have to say it's i'm glad it's law i'm not quite sure how it's going to get enforced but it does mean i suppose well you've got you've got some people that you know, don't live within a, a highly populated area. How do you, how do you go to a service provider that, that supposedly has that area and say, you must give him 30, uh, 30 megabits per second. No, 10, 10 now, well, even 10 is good. No. You know, there are, <laughs> yeah. you, you, live on, you live on a farm. Okay. In the middle of nowhere, you, you know, you've got wires coming into your house for power. You've got wires coming into your house for uh, your telephone, but you're not, you're not even going to get 10 megabit speed off of like a DSL line. I mean, it's, it's, it's ludicrous to, to, to put in a, a minimum kind of spec like that and to expect it to be enforceable. This is something that, that, that politicians who really don't understand tech but want a good soundbite to, to put oh, I'm you know, looking out for you and going to make sure that you have decent internet speeds. Well, yeah, uh, you can't. Okay. Excellent. I think my voice is going a bit. No, we've almost sounded like uh, we were discussing something relevant then. Blimey. <laughs> Get <him> that. <laughs> right. Where are we at next? Uh, I'll tell you what, Simon, do you want to pick the final story of the evening? All right. 
Well, you know, you know I'm where I'm going, don't you? Because it's my favourite. It's my hobby horse. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the UK government spying on people. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Apple investigating wireless charging. Now, uh, the latest story is that Apple are investigating wireless charging via a Wi-Fi router or other communications equipment. Um, this sprang up mostly from a patent application for wireless charging and communication systems with dual frequency patch antennas as a manner for transferring power to electronic devices over frequencies normally dedicated to data communications. Um, and I've got links to where I dug some of this up, which is Apple Insider and uh, Tech Radar. Now, the point about this is, you know how much I love the idea of Wi-Fi charging. And, you know, bring me my Gernsback continuum and bring it me now. Um, <laughs> the idea, The idea of this is that by using a special uh, dual-frequency patch antenna, you can receive the Wi-Fi, the RF soup that we live in, and magically, through clever technology way too uh, advanced for my puny brain to understand, the antennas use that to generate uh, electricity, which is then used to charge the battery of the device. Um so what you're talking about here, rather than the ones we've talked about before, where you're actively having a device which is sending, quote unquote, power through the airwaves, what you're doing here is saying, well, we live in a radio frequency soup. You know, the air is full. Our, our planet is surrounded by radio waves, TV waves, Wi-Fi, everything. Imagine you could put... Um, an element inside your electronic device which can use some of this waste RF soup to generate power in the way that certain types of plants, cactus, etc., can absorb water directly from the atmosphere rather than out of the arid ground where they grow. And I think that's brilliant. And that means I get my wireless charging and Mark doesn't have to worry about he's going to get microwaved. But doesn't that use more power than it actually generates or is that not the point (laughs) i think the point here is that if you can make this idea work where you can have a component inside an electronic device which is absorbing power from stuff that's just there all the time it's, it's almost energy for free isn't it because you're not sending energy you're just picking up or generating energy from stuff that's flying around anyway it's the wind power of mobile wireless charging isn't it or the hydroelectricity wind power generates you know your wind turbines generate electricity for only the effort of putting the the wind turbine there the that's wind true. is blowing whether you, whether you know the river runs whether you stick a water mill in it you know a water wheel in it or not i think the idea here is all this wi-fi is there it's just there and if you could create a device which could utilize that to generate power even if it's a low level of power even if it just helps extend your battery life by 25% because while you're within, you know, a Wi-Fi network, it's generating a, a tiny trickle of electricity. That's got to be good, isn't it? Well, better than nothing. Better than a kick in the head. Uh, if I can't exactly. see it, I don't and- trust it. <laughs> <laughs> in that case, I suggest I recommend to you uh, Kevin <coughs> Wilson and his story about being an electrician. Is that a suitable if you don't for children? Know Kevin <laughs> yeah, I Wilson, know. The, uh, 
Yeah. I would the highly Australian recommend comic. parental supervision for anything to do with Kevin Wilson. Yes, it definitely. Not for minors. He tells some very good stories about being an electrician and not trusting things you can't see. <laughs> Is that a, did you see the, um, or the, not the mock-up, what was it? The schematic where they had that big disc in the back of the, the iPhone. It was... That's it. That's it. That's, that's, I think you'll find that's the thing. It's, it's not a disc. It's simply a, a circle indicating where these antennas would live, I believe. Because you're talking about, as I understand it, to make it work, you're talking about having uh, like twin hoop antennas inside the device. I don't know quite how, how it works, but it's to do with absorbing, you know, some of this free Wi-Fi RF. And then somehow between the interaction between the two, two antennas, you can generate some kind of electricity. It still sounds like magic. It is magic. It's all Witchcraft. magic. Just like high-speed technology, far and, Any technology so far advanced as to be beyond your comprehension is magic. We all know that. Yeah, but most things is beyond my comprehension. Radio is still beyond my oh. comprehension. Somebody somewhere says <laughs> something and it plays out of this big black circle. It just doesn't make sense. Well, there you go. <laughs> Listen. If you lived in the 17th century, then a Zippo was magic. It's uh, all just relative, isn't it? Bright, shiny things still confuse me. (laughs) (laughs) So we won't talk about neural link interfaces then, because that Uh, might blow poor old... Yeah, no. (laughs) I think my capacity (laughs) on a normal day is uh, somewhat above my grade, but as I'm starting to fade (laughs) rather fast, as you can hear, and... I'm almost out of beer. Um, yeah, I think the faces might be way above your pay grade at the moment. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for when Guy's next back on the show. I'm sure that'd be something that Guy would love to take the lead on with you. <laughs> he says, not trying to diminish responsibility whatsoever. <laughs> oh. Well, okay then, guys. How long have we been going? Far oh, too long. Can we wrap long, it up? Long enough for me to say, right then, chaps, thank you ever so much for coming on the show today. Guy, thanks for coming on at the very, very last sure. minute. Uh, we knew you didn't have anything better to do, or if you did, then you just didn't I want to do it. Do. I never do. As always, it's a pleasure having you on. Phil, go ahead and pimp and whore yourself, good sir. Where can we find you <laughs> on that there interweb? Well, you can find me, uh, you can send me an email, guy at mymac.com. You can find me on the Twitters, and my Twitter handle there is MacPanit. You can, you can can also, I nod my hat. Listen, well, no, because then I have to play the theme song. (laughs) Uh, You can also find me weekly, uh, and usually pretty weekly, on the mymac.com podcast that I do with Mr. Gazmaz. As a matter of fact, episode Dang. 655. Yeah. G-A-Z-M-A-Z. Uh, that will, that'll be coming out pretty, pretty soon. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I, I love doing podcasting and I'm still blown away by the fact that people will actually take the time to listen to what I have to say. Not, you're not as blown as well as I am as people listen to this stuff we put out every week <laughs> are you still doing your um your live video streaming thingy oh yeah as a matter of fact something kind of weird happened with that with and you 
You do I know, surprise I know. me, sir. I I had set up if if we have time, uh, I had set up a loopback device for the streaming software that I use. And without thinking, I went ahead and put my my microphone in that device in for loopback. And then I went ahead and made an audio uh hijack session that also used that device and put my microphone there. So my microphone was hitting the loopback device alone. And then it was also hitting it like a split second later through the audio hijack device. So it had this like weird echo effect and I couldn't figure out what I've it was that, that I've done. I've got exactly that as yeah, well. I think Mark knows all about that, don't you? And the double echo. Yeah, I felt like such an idiot, but it's fixed now. And so the audio <sighs> will be much better moving on, or at least that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> Excellent, guy. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on again, Simon. Sure. If they want to get a hold of you, how can they do that, good sir? Well, of course, the best way to catch me, Mark, is at Serenak on the Twitters, and that's S E R E N A K. Uh, and I would just mention, uh, like guys doing uh, a live stream, we actually put our last episode on YouTube. Did we not, Mark? We did. Uh, we spent over a day looking how to put waveforms on a video. I kid you not. <laughs> over yeah. a combined total of 14 hours went into what, what what's up there. So if you do want to listen on the Apple TV, if you go to our YouTube channel, Essential Apple, you'll see last week's show up there. I might try and do it again this week. Uh, there's a few things I've got to do to make it a bit easier. But yes, we will try to put some content on there, which leads me nicely on to the fact that this week I'm hoping to get a review of this. Now, that's not going to work. So I've got a noise gate, which is my 99p Poundland light bulb. Yes, it's that Ooh. exciting. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, you'll see Ooh. all in the artwork. So. If I can if I can get a review up that doesn't take 17 bajillion days to edit and record, then I might do a few more. But other than that, this, the podcast, is on YouTube. You can also get us on the Google+, Plus, which Simon's looking after, the Facebook, the Twitter, at Essential Apple. Um, if you're really starved, people <laughs> coughing down a microphone at you, you can get me on personally via at Ocean Speed on that there Twitter. And of course, our beloved little website, EssentialApple.com, where you'll find links to our Amazon and our Patreon. Once again, thank you very much for listening. Hopefully this will be out before Wednesday. And we will see you next week. Cheerio, everyone. Yep. Bye. Bye, Apple new applied lemon fresh tissue wipes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to stop recording now. I think it's for the best. <laughs> yeah, Apple new applied lemon fresh wipes. <laughs> yeah, work out the acronym. <laughs>